shorthanded chance. Yenmark down the middle, scores! Matias Yenmark, shorthanded goal! From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Puck comes out high, Watt gets the puck, off to the races, into the zone, the righty, right circle, backhander, he scores! What a move! Nicholas Watt gets the Knights back in the lead! is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas, Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace, Chris Chapman, live inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... We're not even going to stand on ceremony here. This is the final VGK Insider Show until September. So in in honor of that, in honor of the fact that Chris Chapman and I are going to now join Darren Millard on a little bit of a hiatus, we want to open up the phone lines to you. 702-876-1340 is the number. 702-876-1340. It's your final opportunity until training camp next year to call us up and ask us your questions. It doesn't have to be hockey-related, but of course, I would imagine that given the news of the week with the Vegas Golden Knights trading Max Pacioretty and Dylan Coughlin to the Carolina Hurricanes, my expectation is that the the majority of what we're going to get today is going to be, frankly, calls about hockey, which is fine. Like It's a hockey show. It's the VGK Insider Show. Uh, it's important that we talk about hockey today before going on hiatus. Now, we also have a couple pair of tickets to give away to Battle for Vegas, the, ch- the charity softball game. It's coming up on Monday, July 18th. Chapman, do we have to do that right now, or, or can we, can no, we, we wait we, on that? We'll can wait we? on that, but you've got to be able okay. to come to the station on Monday and pick them up because the game is Monday night, so uh, you have to be... Okay, so don't so call if we, you can't come on Monday and pick them up. Yeah, don't try to win if you can't come get the tickets on Monday, but that's that's the big giveaway. That's our big hook for the final show, as we mentioned, until September. 702-876-1340 is the number. Uh, we're also going to get to the big winners and losers from free agency thus far. We'll take a look at where some of the names still on the board might go and whether or not we think that the golden knights are done uh as i'm looking at it i feel like there's one more piece that needs to be brought in for the golden knights how they get there if they get there that all remains to be seen we've got one timers and of course everyone's favorite segment to take us home and into hiatus it would be catching up with chapman once again, 702-876-1340 is the number. Let's head out to the phone lines. Bring in Stephen from Australia. Stephen, how you doing? I'm very, very tired on this Saturday morning. I had to make sure I got up so I could speak to you guys one last time before you take your hiatus for the summer. Um, it's been a while since I've had a chance to call in, so I've got a little bit to get through, so I'll get through as quickly as I can. Um I've mentioned at multiple points throughout the last season that I enjoyed watching Ottawa Senegal games and I have some sort of stick affiliation for it. Well, I don't think it'll be a stick affiliation next year because they're looking very, very good. Um, <laughs> ultimate Chaos Theory. 
Calgary doesn't go in on, uh, is it Brady that they have? I've forgotten which one they have. They trade to Ottawa and you have both to Chuck in Ottawa, although I think <laughs> the return might be a little bit too high for, for that chaos theory to work out quite the way you want it. Um, mm. Now, my, my Golden Knights question is, depending on the timeline for Lena and Brassois, let's assume they're going to be out of action for the first couple of weeks of the season. Does does the front office and Bruce Cassidy think that the combination of Logan Thompson and Yuri Patera or uh, Isaiah Seville or, you know, like whichever combination of goalies there is enough, or do they have to go out and get someone else? Um, because I, like, I think that for a couple of weeks, you can probably survive with that to start the season. But mm-hmm. once you go beyond those opening couple of weeks, I think that might be quite difficult. And so, so that's my hockey-related question. And then my non-hockey-related uh, two, two of them, actually. Um, I don't think I ever found out what the two of you thought of the Vegemite that I sent. Um, <laughs> because I, the, 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 um, the guys in the press box gave some very mixed reactions. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. one request is depending on your availabilities next season, if you and Jesse can do strip hockey again, (laughs) I'm not saying I can find a way to get another bag of goodies over to you guys, but I'm not not saying I can't find a way to get a bag of Australian goodies (laughs) over to you. That's all I'm saying. If you need some incentive. Um, you know what? That's that's fantastic stuff, Stephen. And and thank you for the call. Thank you for the insights. Um, your chaos theory for the Ottawa senators. Um, I'm all about it. Uh, We'll get to, the Vegemite question in, in just a couple of minutes, but I do want to go back and answer the, the Golden Knight-related question. And uh, to be honest with you, I, I think that they've already addressed the, oper- the, the the situation if both Robin Leonard and Laurent Brossois are unable to play out of training camp and into maybe the first two weeks or so of the season. Now, the Golden Knights did go out and they did sign a goaltender in free agency. They signed Michael Hutchinson to a one-year $750,000 AAV contract. Michael Hutchinson is 32 years old and he has NHL experience, 55 uh games at the NHL level for for Michael Hutchinson. So when you you kind of, you know, when you look at that, uh actually I'm sorry, 137 games of NHL experience for Michael Hutchinson. So uh, I think the Golden Knights kind of are are already planning perhaps uh, to have that contingency plan in place. I would imagine that it would be Hutchinson and Thompson at least to start the year and I think what you're really hoping for is maybe no more than two or three weeks, right? No more than two or three weeks to start the season that you'll be without your tried and true number one goaltender in Robin Leonard. Uh, But it's a a very inexpensive contingency plan for the Golden Knights to go out and, and already have Michael Hutchinson in the fold for the beginning part of next year. Now, on to the Vegemite question. Uh, listen, I expected the Vegemite to be... Well, I knew it was going to be salty. All right, like I knew it was going to be salty. I, but I like I look at it right, and and I just imagine Vegemite is Nutella. Like I see it, I view it. My brain tricks me into believing 
Stephen, that Vegemite is Nutella. So when I took the bite and it wasn't Nutella, uh, it was it was not particularly um, my taste or or where I go. I appreciate the gesture. Gesture. It was absolutely fantastic and and really really thoughtful of you to to send over that care package. Now on to strip hockey. Um, that is absolutely something that I'd love to do going into next season. The only caveat that I give, and I, I give it every time when we, we answer questions, Jesse and I, uh, that's Jesse Granger with The Athletic, uh, uh, when it comes to strip hockey is that there just aren't enough hours in the day. Perhaps some things might be opening up with my schedule going into next season that will make that a reality, uh, but I don't want to promise anything and not and not deliver on it. So if there's a way that it makes sense for all of us involved in the project we will get you episodes of that podcast come next season for the Vegas Golden Knights. Not a promise, but it will be something we will aim to do if it makes uh, if it makes sense for us uh, in any way, shape, or form. 702-876-1340 is the number. Let's head back out to the phone lines. Bring in Mike. Mike, eh, it's the last call-in show, buddy, and you are not first. What's going on? <sighs> That's because Steve must have called at three thirty for heaven's sake. I don't I don't know how he got in so fast. That's okay. Mm-hmm. He stole my thunder though. That's the disappointing part. I wanted to talk mm. about the goaltending and and echo what you guys had said. It is not my interest at all to hand the goal over to Logan Thompson. I don't want to give the net to go to Logan Thompson until he has earned it. And I don't care how many more people whisper in my ear. Oh, he's the greatest goalie since sliced bread. He is going to be Jordan Bennington. Well, we don't know yet. We just mm-hmm. don't know. And I went to every development camp game and, and practice this week. Mm-hmm. And I got a, an eyeful of Seville and Dickman, who, for the future mm-hmm. anyway, for somebody, if not for us, are yep. going to be extremely good goalies, I think. The, the concern, of course, will be what people are going to talk about later in the broadcast, and you in particular, I assume is that we've got to come up with all the goals that are now gone, uh, and that has to be people stepping up. And I guess my other thought is, did we, is this something, I have not heard it mentioned on any radio broadcast or anything else, did we give Alan uh, um, Walsh a nose to the thumb, or thumb to the nose, when we got rid of Max Pacioretty? Did that have anything to do with Walsh, do you think? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I think that you're looking at it. It's a one year. He's got one year left on his deal, and it's the highest cap hit on the team that you're willing to move. So, if you're able to make the deal there, then you do. I personally would have dealt from a position of a little bit more strength. When you look at the Golden Knights down the middle, they're they're stockpiled right now with center Iceman. And you look at the defense, the defense is really good. And since you were at development camp, Mike, like I think you can agree, or I think you would agree with me, Caden Korzak's ready for the NHL. Like If there's, oh, if there's one thing yeah. that I took away from development camp, Caden Korzak is, is on the right track and should be ready to be an NHL player. So that already kind of increases the the value of what you have within the organization at the NHL level on the defensive side of the puck. I I think it would have been a situation where maybe you 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 hoped that there was a trade out there on the de- on, on defense or down the middle, but you just you never know what the deals were on the table for Kelly McCrimmon. So that was the move that that 
Kelly felt was the the right one for the organization, right one for the team. Uh, but you know, you're right, Mike, in that there's going to have to be uh, by committee. Um, uh, really, it's it's going to have to be by committee that you make up the goals that are going to be lost with with Max Pacioretty now out, Evgeny Dodonov now out, um, and you know even Dylan Coglin. And depending on what what you do, whether or not you're able to bring Matthias Yamark back, like that's that's sixty goals right there that you're trying to make up. That's a lot. That is a lot. And you're right about Korzak, and I also hope that Morozov and uh, perhaps Brisson will be ready at some point to step in. I do worry about the bottom six. Do we have a great yeah. concern about the bottom six? Yeah, you know, it's interesting, Mike, uh, and and thank you for the call on this one. Uh, the bottom six for the Golden Knights is going to be an interesting one because I just don't know right now how Bruce Cassidy is going to attack this lineup. I, I think that there's a, a growing idea among the organization, and I think we've kind of heard it a, a couple of times here and there, uh, specifically from Bruce Cassidy, that I don't think the misfit line is going to be a line at least to start the year next year for the Golden Knights. So how you divvy up that depth is going to be incredibly interesting and important. Now, I am of the mind that you can get away with moving Chandler Stevenson to the wing and up into your top six, mainly because I think Stevenson can be impactful on the wing or down the middle. Nick Waugh, to me, has to be this team's third-line center. How you build around Nick Waugh and how you build out your bottom six is really going to be the big question for the Vegas Golden Knights because I think right now you're about a player short. Now, perhaps, and it's it's possible, right? Perhaps the answer to the question is Sakari Manninen, uh, one of the unrestricted free agents that the Golden Knights did sign la- uh, during free agency. It was a one-year deal, $750,000, 30-year-old. He's a bit undersized, uh, but had some pretty impactful moments for Finland at the World Championships as well as in the Olympics. Uh, he's been playing in the KHL. Uh, perhaps that's the answer. I don't know. But I still feel like there's one more NHL forward that, that is, is missing from this lineup, and I'm very curious to see if the Golden Knights are able to go out there and get it. If it were cheap and if it were doable, Phil Kessel would be the guy that like kind of comes front of mind to me because you can get him into the top six. You can put him on the wing alongside Jack Eichel, and I'm not expecting that line to play much defense, but I am expecting them to score goals. But we'll see kind of how it all shakes out. I, I don't get the sense, though, that the Golden Knights are done just yet in terms of announcing signings because they've still got to take care of Keegan Colasar, Nick Hague, and Nick Waugh. But I do think that maybe, just maybe, if there's money there, one more player will be coming into the fold for the Golden Knights going into next season. 702-876-1340 is the number. Let's head back out to the phone lines, bring in Stephanie. Hey, Stephanie, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Uh, we're, we're good. Yeah, we're good. not bad. Awesome. So, uh, before I forget, uh, back to what Steven said, um, I for sure would love some more strip hockey too, because <laughs> I, 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 uh, I asked for it, but, uh, some spicy discussion about trophy voting would have been amazing. And you could still do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. and then, uh, also don't want to forget, I hope you guys have a great break and you enjoy the time off and know that we will all miss you, of course, because, uh, you're a pretty solid part of the weekday. And then when games, all that big, big part of the lifestyle. Um, but what I wanted to ask specifically about, because I've been seeing a lot of it on, uh, discussions on Twitter and different places 
is talking about, you know, because patches was traded away for future considerations, um, tying it in and saying, well, everything we traded for patches is counted toward what we cost to get Eichel. So there's this huge list of it costs us all of this to get Eichel. And is that a normal thing people do is go back and say like four or five, you know, however, I don't know exactly, I can't remember how long ago the trade was for patches, but, um, and go back and say, well, this is part of this too, and this is part of this too. Like, do those years that we had patches on the team just suddenly not count for anything? Like, I'd understand if Patches had several more years on his deal, but he only has one, and I understand that we did give him away for nothing, and, and that stinks. But, like, does, does the fact that we got use out of him as a very useful player on the lineup just not count? Um, I, You know, it's interesting because I, I don't know that I view deals kind of in the same way, right? I I, I think that there is a, a certain amount of usefulness that Max Pacioretty brought to the table while he was here with the Vegas Golden Knights. I think that the ability to trade for a player of his caliber at the time and, and kind of signal that this is a place players want to be and everything that's come from that has, has been a real eye-opener for a lot of people within the Vegas Gold uh, within the Vegas Golden Knights organization, but also in the hockey world. So I, I think that there's a lot that you can kind of glean from that. Now, um, I, I do think though that you have to look at asset management through a little bit of a different lens. When you when you factor in that there are implications with every single trade you make or every contract you sign, then if all of a sudden you can't fit under the salary cap because you've taken on a $10 million contract, then I think that you know, you can kind of draw the comparison or you can, you can add that to one of the casualties of the Jack Eichel trade. I don't know that it's a one-for-one one swap. I don't believe that it's, it's that black and white, as you've, as you've kind of alluded to. I don't think you believe that either. Um, but I, no. I do think that there's, there's a certain level of, of understanding that there's always give and take when it comes to this stuff. When, when you go out and sign unrestricted free agent Alex Petrangelo to $8.8 .8 million average annual value, and you go and make a trade for a $10 million player in Jack Eichel, there are going to be give and takes. And I, I think that you know, some people are going to look at that very black and white. Yeah, that that's kind of what it feels like. And I, I definitely don't, like, I don't think that it, it's, a, like, that's, I don't subscribe to it. I've just seen a lot of it. So I didn't know if that was a really common uh, thing. And I, I also feel like people are just so angry about it, but they forget that a lot of this, the cogs were started before the cap went flat because of the pandemic. Like, it's, it's it's something impossible to look like you're not going to plan ahead and go, well, there's going to be a pandemic that shuts the world down, so we can't mm -hmm. expect the cap to continue rising at the pace it was. That's one of the things that I think is lost a lot in these discussions about contracts, and, and thank you, Stephanie, for the call. I, I don't think anybody, right, would have ever foreseen a, a pandemic, uh, would have ever foreseen uh, a league that was trending in the right direction that was – constantly having the salary cap increase to have to go through a period where uh, you've got a flat cap. Because I'll tell you, if that were the case, a lot of what happened in 2019 and 2020 uh, free agency would not have happened. There, there would have been uh, at least a, a change in the trajectory of where contracts were going. So uh, that's a great point. I think it's one that we don't necessarily talk about enough, but hopefully for certain teams, especially teams like the Vegas Golden Knights, who are going to be a cap team, 
in the next couple of years, if that salary cap goes up and, and some of these deals start to, to pan out the right way, then you'll have some, some extra space to deal with. 702-876-1340 is the number as we take your phone calls here on the VGK Insider Show. Hey, Matt, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Uh, good. Uh, so I have uh, two questions. One, a little, mm. little more Golden Knight, Golden Knight related than the other. Um, first question is, with the questions around the goaltending, uh, I noticed last year at times we definitely have a tendency to play in front of our own net. And it's kind of one of those things I see where, like, the levy's eventually going to break. You know, the Robin mm. Leonard is going to hold on. He's going he's gonna to make his saves. But after 30 of them, he starts to kind of – they kind of start to get through. Mm-hmm. What do you see this season that could maybe alleviate some of those issues with the questions around goaltending? Maybe the defense in front of the goaltender may need to improve a little more. You know, I you bring up an interesting point in that I, I think for the Golden Knights defensively, you're going to see less breakdowns and less three-on-twos and two-on-ones. There, there were a lot of really good chances against for the Golden Knights that were backdoor tap-ins or on-the-rush types of plays. And if you're looking at Robin Leonard specifically, it's not to, to suggest that he can't make those saves, but if you're asking Robin right. Leonard to make three or four two-on-one, three-on-two, or breakaway saves, you're just not going to get all of them. What I, I would expect this year from the Golden Knights with Bruce Cassidy at the helm is that there might be more time spent in their own zone, but you're going to see less frequent odd man rushes against, and you're going to see more predictable shots from the outside, which I think plays part and parcel into Robin Leonard's game and, and what he does best as a goaltender. Right. No, definitely. And then uh, my next question would be, uh, a couple of years ago, I was actually asked my... 10-year reunion, and you guys were doing one of the, like, opening season shows, I think, of, like, a Parkway Tavern, and mm-hmm. I actually wanted to ask you guys, um, at the time, I was just a little too shy, like, essentially, for a budding journalist or broadcaster, what are the first steps to take for someone who wants to be in that career, someone who sees it as a dream job? Uh, you know what, that's that's a really good question, Matt, and, and thank you for the call. Um the best advice that I could give anybody that, that wants to do this, that that wants to be working in sports, whether it be hockey, whether it be basketball, football, what have you, you have to love it. Like that's that's number one. Everything comes down to: Do you love this? Do you love going to games? Do you love talking about this sport? Do you love being in and around the rink and going to practice and all that stuff? Because if you love it, then you've got a shot. If you love it, then you have the opportunities afforded to you because you're going to get into the trenches. You're going to have to get your foot in the door one way or another, and then you're going to have to work your butt off. There's no real uh, two ways about it. You have to be willing, though, to put in the time, the energy, and and love what you're doing. And, And if you don't love it, It'll come through. If you don't love it, then that'll that'll be kind of the thing that separates you from the people that do. So if you love journalism, if you love sports, if you love the idea of what this job can be for you, then it's all about getting your foot in the door, putting your head down, and working hard. Uh, Chapman, you got anything to add to that? Uh, you know, the, the, the thing is, I would say if you could find a way in, take any job you can get in, in the business, yeah. you know, like like – I mean, I know you didn't start traditionally as a, as a broadcaster. You know, you kind of 
worked your way into that, but you, you started in a completely different department. You know, me, I, I started doing general sports, and now here I am doing locker room stuff. So, uh, you know, it, it's if you can find a, a, a way in, take advantage of it. Get in. Once your foot's in the door, there's endless opportunity. Yeah, and, and you make your own opportunities too, and, and that's one of the other things is you you get to a point where – if you do your job and you do it well and and you start to be, you start to get noticed by the right people and then from there it's all about your passion so as chapman says get into the business any way you can if it's radio take any job literally any job that you can get to get your foot in the door in a building and then let your passion and let your work ethic and let your drive separate you from everyone else and i guarantee you it won't be overnight it's there's there's no such thing as an overnight success in the radio business. I, I at least I don't believe that there is. Um, but if you if you get in and you work hard, the right people will notice, and that's really the the thing that separates the people that do this for a living versus the people that say they wish that they could or that they wanted to. Seven zero two eight seven six thirteen forty is the number. Let's head back out to the phone lines. Bring in Lou. Hey Lou, how are you? Hey, I'm doing good, guys. Uh, good to hear you one last time this season. Hey, uh, I just wanted to, to say, you know, I, you know, going into the off season, we knew that there was going to have to be a purge of some sort. Might have been Patch Ready, it might have mm-hmm. been Carlson. It had to happen. Um, I just think that looking back on last season and all the injuries and all the issues that you know the team had, I still think this is going to be one of the best teams in the Pacific, bar none. I think people are a lot of people that I see on social media are absolutely underselling Jack Eichel, which is amazing to me. It tells me how little people actually know about hockey. And the biggest piece of advice I'd give people is start cheering for what's on the front of the jersey instead of what's on the back of the jersey. I mean, I, I know you fall in love with players. I've got my Will Carrier jersey, but at the end of the day, um, you know, if Will Carrier's gone, you know, then, then so be it, because I want to see a Stanley Cup. I, I, I don't care about Will Carrier. I, I mean, I do. I want Will Carrier to have a great career, but at the end of the day, if he doesn't, I got a nice jersey, and that's it. I'd rather see a Stanley Cup, and that's you know that's the bottom yeah, line for me. You're, I mean, you're right on the money, Lou. It's all about winning, right? And you know, for the Golden Knights, I do think that you, it's fair to ask the question where the goal is going to come from. But you know, to your first point, Jack Eichel exists. Jack Eichel is going to have the benefit of a full training camp. Jack Eichel is going to have the benefit of a full off season to train and train unimpeded. I think that this season could be a a really, really big eye-opening experience for a lot of people when it comes to Jack Eichel. And if that's the case, the Golden Knights are going to be just fine. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, people, just just tap the brakes a little bit, you know, have, have a drink, relax, take a deep breath, and that's it. And you know what, by the way, guys, before I let you go, I want to thank you guys, you, you and Chris both, for another great season, and thank Darren for a great half season. You know when he showed up, and uh, you know say say, good, say goodbye to the year for uh, you know to Rita, Stephanie, and Stephanie, Mike, Stephen, you know all the regulars. You guys are awesome, and uh, I always look forward to listening to the show. Thanks, man. I appreciate you know what, that. Papa Lou. Say thank you for that. We we really do appreciate it. Uh, you know, calling out Darren Millard, that's a beautiful thing. I- I'm not going to say that I didn't put Lou up to it, but I didn't put Lou up to it. 702-876-1340 is the number. This is all about you. It's the final VGK Insider Show until September, until next hockey season rolls around, and we are taking your phone calls right now. Let's head back out of the phone lines, bring in Joe. Hey, Joe, how you doing? 
Hey, Joe, are you there? Uh, I'm there. Can you hear me? Yeah, we got Am you, I buddy. Am I there? Oh, yep. great. Uh, I was curious, uh, and I had some rapid-fire questions. Hopefully you can answer them quickly. And I know we're mm-hmm. just at the start of the off-season transactions, but out of everything that's transpired so far, which team has gotten the best? Which team has gotten the worst? Which team uh, can challenge Colorado or Tampa Bay for supremacy in the West and the East based on the current rosters? And where do the Golden Knights fall in the Pacific Division right now as the rosters set? Thank you. You know, Joe, that, uh, yeah, thank you for the call, Joe. Um, I want to save the majority of your phone call and answering your questions till a little bit later on in the show because we, we were going to get into winners and losers so far from the beginning of free agency, and that's going to tie in more or less with, with what you're calling about. So uh, we're not punting it. Well, we are punting it, but we're punting it to later in the show. We're not going to not answer the question. Uh, where do the Golden Knights fall among the Pacific Division? That's an interesting one. And, Joe, uh, you're probably not going to like this because I'm going to save it till after we take our final call, which is going to be Rita. So give us a couple of minutes, Joe. I promise over the course of the next hour and a half, your questions will be answered. 702-876-1340 looks like the final call. Of course, it's the final call because we can't really go anywhere outside of Rita. Rita, how you doing? I'm good. How are you guys? I'm good, oh, we're Rita. great. Yeah. Okay. Well, I got a couple of things here. First of all, What's the status with Yanmark? I thought he had to be resigned. Yeah, he's an unrestricted free agent to this point. He has not been re-signed by the Vegas Golden Knights. He is free to sign with any team in the in the National Hockey League. Uh, but currently, at least I have not seen a, a contract for Matthias Yanmark, not for the Golden Knights or for anyone else. So you don't think they're going to sign him since we haven't? I, I think a lot of... I think a lot of it has to de- has to depend on what they're going to be spending with with Nick Joaquin Colasar and Nick Hague. The the three big restricted free agents for the Golden Knights are going to take up a considerable amount of money, I would imagine, of what the Golden Knights have left to work with. So once wow. those deals are done, and once you have a, a rough estimate of what those contracts are going to look like, if there's anything left over, then I think you can start addressing your needs with unrestricted free agents. Okay, the second thing, and it's something that's just been burning up on Twitter, but I listened to the Steve Dangle podcast yesterday, and of course, as they like to do, they spent about 20 minutes trashing the night. And the final thing, and this goes back to something I asked you, I asked what was the difference between the lightning being so far over the cap and everybody laughing it off and us, you know, being the evil empire, as some writer called it, uh, may have been Chris Johnston, I'm not sure. But they said through the whole thing, I mean, they clashed or something fierce, but in the end, they had to say, but I could still see them being a cup contender. However, even if they are, that won't change anyone's view of them. They're still the evil empire, and they don't know how to asset manage. Do you think if we win the cup, we can get our ass out of this? Yeah, you know what? I, I don't 
really think that the Golden Knights, organizationally speaking, should care what anybody in the hockey world thinks of them. And that that's just being completely frank. I, I don't... I don't think it matters one bit if the perception around the league is that the Golden Knights are an evil empire. I don't think it should matter uh, to the to the Golden Knights. And to be honest with you, I think that the players should use that as motivation. I think that if if there's a there's usually a reason why people are always clinging to and always frustrated by and always mad at the Golden Knights. The fact of the matter is, Vegas goes out and they get the players that they want. They are the one. They are the destination that most unrestricted free agents want to go to. They're the organization that most players want to play for. And the the fact of the matter is you don't build statues to critics, right? You don't build statues to critics. And if I'm the Golden Knights going into this season, I don't I don't care. I don't care if someone's saying that they're the evil empire. I don't I don't That's care what the narrative is surrounding the team. I and and I get it from the fan perspective, but you know what? It doesn't change the objective here. Right? It doesn't change the objective mm. that the Golden Knights are going out there and trying to win a Stanley Cup. And for you as a fan, if that day comes, when that day comes, you're not gonna you're not gonna care. You're not gonna care about what the perception is around the league because you just climbed the ultimate mountaintop. You just won a Stanley Cup and no one's gonna be able to take that away from you. Okay, well I'm gonna wrap up with I hope you guys have a nice vacation. And if you say anything other than the Knights are number one in the Pacific. I'm going to pout for the rest of the summer. You guys have a good one. <laughs> Great. Thanks, as always, Rita. Just a phenomenal call every single time. Really appreciate you joining the program today. Um, we have to get to Joe's questions, and we're going to do so on the other side of the break. However, I do want to give away uh, one of those pairs of tickets to Battle for Vegas. And it'll be coming up on Monday, July 18th. Here's the kicker, though. You have to be able to come to the radio station on Monday during the day to pick up the tickets so that you can go to the game Monday night. 702-876-1340. Caller number three, you're a winner to battle for the Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to talk over it, Chapman. You uh, come back with the the beautiful bro hymn, Pennywise. Fantastic song, great goal song as well. Uh, VGK Insider Show, final show until September, but we do still have a little bit of housekeeping when it came to the phone calls in segment number one. Of course, we took your phone calls. We wanted to make sure that everybody, everyone had a chance to sound off. As Darren Millard would say, sound off is negative. I I don't believe so. I don't think it's a negative thing. I think that it's important to say your piece. And I'm glad that we had an opportunity to get to some of the phone calls, but Joe brought up an interesting question. Uh, We're going to get into winners and losers uh, of free agency, at least to this point, in hour number two, we're also going to examine a, a big question of whether or not Johnny Gaudreau owes the Calgary Flames fans anything. Uh, that'll be a fun one. I, I cannot wait for that. But uh, one of the questions from Joe earlier on in the program is where do we view the Golden Knights in relation to the other teams in the Pacific Division? Meaning, are the Golden Knights a playoff contender 
right now in the Pacific Division? Are they a team that should ascend to the top or be among the top three, four teams in the Pacific? So, Chapman, I want you to start us off here. I want you to give me an idea, based on where they're at right now, of where you think the Golden Knights are in relation to the Pacific. Well, I, I, I think, I think Ryan, they're a playoff team. Um, I, I, I still feel pretty confident in that. Even, even without Max Pacioretty, I think a fully healthy Mark Stone, and as you mentioned multiple times, a, a Jack Eichel who will have the, uh, the, the ability to go through a full training camp uh, with, with uh, his teammates and, and with Bruce Cassidy, I, I think that will at least put them in the mix for playoff spot. What worries me a little bit is we don't really know the status of, of Robin Leonard, Loren Brossois. Uh, we're, we're still not sure mm-hmm. on a timetable about Mark Stone. We didn't really get that from from Kelly yesterday. We got he's doing good according to what the doctors are telling me, but we we don't have a time frame. So I I think at this point I can't say that they're the favorites to win the Pacific, mm-hmm. but I do feel like they're a playoff team. I I think when when you you look at the fact that the Ducks have have really haven't done much, I think to to, to bridge the gap. I don't. Vancouver seems like it's it's a dumpster fire right now, uh, especially if they trade away JT Miller. I don't see them contending. The Sharks are terrible. Seattle, they're they're making moves. They're they're doing some things, but they signed Martin Jones, by the way. Um, so I I don't quite feel that they're gonna make up as as much, you know, as, as many points as they would need in order to compete. I I think Calgary is taking a step back, and and who knows how many steps back. But obviously, you take away a 115-point guy, you're going to take a, a pretty significant step back. I think right now, it's it's a three-horse race. I think Vegas is a little bit behind L.A. and Edmonton. I think I think Edmonton cemented themselves as a contender in the Pacific this last playoff season uh, in the postseason, the way that they, mm-hmm. they took a couple steps forward. I think they've kind of proven that, look, they're, they're a good team now, and, and they're well-coached, and they shored up the goalie situation, hopefully, for them. They bring back Evander Kane, who who was an absolute beast for them. They're they're certainly in the discussion. I like what L.A. has done. I'm not sure Los Angeles has done in 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 acquiring players or in free agency. They they may do something else. But I look at the Kings right now. You're going to have a, a a healthy Drew Doughty back, who who missed a ton of time last season for them. Didn't play for them in the playoffs. I think you know the, Jonathan Quick and, and and Cal Peterson. I think that's a pretty good tandem. Obviously, the additions that they made in, in, in the offseason, you go back to the addition they made last offseason, I think L.A. and Edmonton are, are are a little bit ahead of Vegas right now, only because there's question marks with Vegas. I think a fully healthy Vegas, and we know the answer, I think they're in that mix, but I, I just can't mm-hmm. comfortably say that, that they're the best team in the Pacific because until I know the answer to those questions, I, I, I don't really know if anyone can say that. So the way I look at it, the Seattle Kraken – are not a playoff team. The Anaheim Ducks, they're going to be a pain in the butt to play against, not a playoff team. San Jose, not a playoff team. This is where it starts to get a little bit interesting. I don't think the Calgary Flames, as currently constructed, unless they do something drastic like, I don't know, sign Nazem Kadri and come to a long-term agreement with Matthew Kachuk, I don't think the Calgary Flames are a playoff team. I I know Jacob Markstrom's really, really good, but I don't think Calgary got demonstrably better on defense and they got worse up front. They, they just did. There's there's no two ways about it. The Calgary Flames are a worse team today than they were uh, a couple of days ago. 
just the fact of the matter. So I don't know that I buy the Calgary Flames as a team that's going to push for the playoffs. So that leaves you with Edmonton, L.A., Vegas, and Vancouver. You mentioned Vancouver, Chapman. I think it's interesting because Ilya Mikheyev, that's a really good signing. I think that that's going to be very beneficial for the Vancouver Canucks. I, I love the skill set that he brings to the table. Perhaps he gets a little bit more time up, up, up in a top six role, and he can really flourish there. The the big question mark for the Vancouver Canucks is going to be Andre Kuzmenko, whether or not his game translates to North American ice and whether or not he can be a difference maker. But here's the biggest issue with the Vancouver Canucks. They are bad defensively. Like they, They're just bad defensively. They do not have the players outside of Quinn Hughes to be a very good team from the from the blue line, and even with Quinn Hughes, there you're not talking about a defensively responsible defenseman. He's very much a point guy, very much a, a move the needle um, offensively type of defenseman. So the defense is going to be the biggest question mark for me for the Vancouver Canucks. I think they could potentially be a playoff team, but it does depend on what they end up doing with JT Miller if they trade him. That's not going to help matters, and if they can't find a way to move. One of, and I legitimately mean this, one of Oliver ekman Larson or Tyler Myers and get something of value back on the blue line, uh, I don't know that I buy Vancouver as a legitimate playoff team. That all being said, it might not even matter because all Bruce Boudreau does is coach teams to about uh, 600 points percentage and the playoffs. So Vancouver's the team that I think you really have to worry about if you're the Vegas Golden Knights in terms of that 3-4 spot in the Pacific Division. From there, I think the Los Angeles Kings are right now the best team in the division. I think LA, Vegas, and Edmonton are right there with one another. I don't think that the gap is so large between Vegas and LA and LA and Vegas and LA and Edmonton. I think that there are holes you can find on all of these teams. With the Golden Knights, the question is going to be, What's their goaltending look like at the beginning of the year if Robin Leonard and Loren Brossois are not healthy? And where are the goals going to come from? Is the power play going to get better? Those are legitimate questions. For the Los Angeles Kings, you, you mentioned it, Chapman. Cal Peterson and Jonathan Quick, the plan this year for L.A. was not to have Jonathan Quick be the starter. That was not the plan. Cal Peterson proved that he could not take the reins from Jonathan Quick. And if he can't do it next year, and Jonathan Quick all of a sudden starts to show his age, then the Kings are going to have legitimate questions about whether or not their goaltending is good enough. And then when it comes to the Edmonton Oilers, I, I get it, Evander Kane, whatever. That's fine. The depth is always going to be the question with the Edmonton Oilers. I think Jack Campbell's an upgrade for sure. Defensively, I don't know that they're as good as, as you'd like them to be. But bottom six depth, especially if they end up dealing Yesapuliarvi, that would be a mistake in my estimation for the Edmonton Oilers. So I, I think you have depth concerns with Edmonton. You potentially have goaltending concerns for the Los Angeles Kings. And then when it comes to Vegas, there are questions about whether or not they're going to have enough offense. But I would look at Edmonton, L.A., and Vegas as the top three teams in the Pacific Division. Whether or not the Pacific gets four teams is going to depend largely on if Vancouver or Calgary are able to get enough points to put themselves there over another team in the Central. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with you in a lot of what you said, um, especially with Vancouver, because defensively they have the albatross of a contract in Oliver ekman Larson, who progressively is on a, so bad yeah it's one of the worst contracts in hockey and you know you talk about a guy who's been on the slide decline uh for a couple of years now mm -hmm. and it's almost like spontaneous as soon as he signed that contract it's almost like 
his play declined significantly. Uh, you know, Tyler Myers is another guy. He 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 he's a guy. You know, uh, but I I I I think you're right about Bruce Boudreaux because this team seemed to really overachieve last year once they made the change. And they were kind of on the doorstep. They faded away maybe the last two weeks of the season. They had a ton of ground to make up. I think they could be the X factor in the division. As far as Calgary, I, I just, y- y- you're asking for a lot. Like, here we are talking about, well, well who's going to replace Max Pacioretty? Well, at least here, we mm-hmm. could look at Jack Eichel and say, all right, we're going to have a full season of Jack Eichel in Vegas. We're going to have a full season, hopefully, of Mark Stone. That's hopefully where you make up the production, the full season of those two guys. Calgary can't circle anybody who missed significant time last year and be like, oh, well, this guy's. we could pencil him in for 50 points. Now we only have to find another 60. Oh, if we sign Kadri, maybe we'll, we'll make up 60 points. No, it, it doesn't work like that in, in Calgary. So I, I don't really see them. They, they, they may still be there, but they're certainly going to take a, a big, big step back Edmonton, there's always, like you said, questions about the bottom six. I think we have questions here about the bottom six because right now we don't really know who the bottom six are going to be. Uh, I think I think from top to bottom, Los Angeles looks like the most solid team, but like you mentioned, the goaltending, if Jonathan Quick declines and Peterson is unable to step up and fill the, fill the role, then obviously they're going to have problems. But I think on paper right now, Los Angeles looks like the team for me that I would circle as the number one team in the Pacific, but obviously a lot can change between now and October when we when we puck, uh, drop the puck for that first game, which is in Los Angeles, I believe. Uh, so, um, yeah, th- th- that'll be fun. I'll tell you this right now. I, I, I think that what's going to separate one through three is going to be less than six points. When all is said and done next year, like I think, I think when you look at the Pacific Division, I don't think there's going to be one team that runs away with it. I, I really don't. I think that each one, each each team that finishes one, two, three is going to be right in and around six points of one another. I, I don't think that it's going to be uh, a situation where one team is clearly so much further ahead than everybody else in the division. I, I think it's more up in the air and open for one team to finish and 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 actually have an advantage finishing first over say two and three that is that that takes care of joe's question so joe thank you for that in in the first segment uh giving us uh, a question that you wanted answered hopefully we did our best to get you that information we're going to take a break when we come back i'm going to give you real quick thoughts on the final scrimmage today at uh golden knights development camp and then we'll look ahead to hour number two. It's the VGK Insider Show right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Chris Chapman's music selection today is clearly senioritis. Like, Chapman cannot wait for the summer break, for the hiatus. It's very clear. Um, But I'm not going to, like, be mad about it, mainly because it's the Aquabats. And if you haven't listened to the Aquabats, do yourself a favor. Discover their music over the course of the summer. If you need something to do while the VGK Insider Show is on hiatus, listen to the Aquabats. Like, that's all I got. That's full stop. Don't do anything else. I mean, like... Like, I mean, you know, 
do take care of your normal things that you have to do on a daily basis to, to survive. But once you're done taking care of all that stuff, listen to the Aquabats. You will not be disappointed. It will put a smile on your face. And that really is the most important thing when it comes to summer. Real quick, I do want to get to a couple of observations today from development camp for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, scrimmage today was was interesting, to say the least. Uh, you could tell, right, that a lot of these young prospects are trying to learn the system. You could tell that there's, there's no comfortability factor whatsoever when it comes to who they're playing with because they just have never played with these guys before. It's just not a thing, except for Jakob Brabanek and Patrick Gay. They are teammates on with with Charlottetown of the Quebec Major Junior League, and they have chemistry. Why? Well, because they play together in Charlottetown, and the chemistry was very much apparent. They were very good. Patrick Gay's got a motor. I'm telling you right now, he's got a motor. Like you know how we used to talk about Peyton Krebs and the motor to 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 just continue to go and go and go and go and go. Uh, Patrick Gay's got that. Jakob Rabenek, to me, was one of those players where. I cannot wait to see him in a year. I cannot wait to see him a year older because he was smart. He was in the right place. He was making heady plays. Good stuff there. Caden Korzak, in my estimation, is ready to be an NHL player. Whether or not it's a full-time NHL player or not remains to be seen, but I think Caden Korzak is is leaps and bounds above everyone else that was on the ice today. Uh, Brendan Brisson had some flashes, had some moments. Uh, I think when it comes to Brisson, the most prudent thing to do is to allow him to dominate the AHL, get comfortable in his game. Uh, that's really going to be the most important thing. Um, Ivan Morozov, in, in to my eyes, it it seemed like for Morozov, you're going to need a little bit more adjustment time to the smaller ice surface. Like that, that's really what it what it's going to be for Morozov. Once he gets comfortable with the speed of decision making that needs to happen here on NHL ice, I think Morozov's going to be a really good player. Uh, and then Matias Sapovalov uh, is is Nick Waugh. I, I like. I'm not even joking. Uh, he, he he scored a goal today in the scrimmage in which he was able to cut to the inside, look just like Nick Waugh. Took took the shot just like Nick Waugh. Um, the skill set there is very similar. So if you're you're trying to project out what you think Sapovalov is going to be, it, it's it, it's Nick Waugh. And Jesper Vickman is a big goaltender, but he is an agile goaltender. And I really think that his 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 skating, uh, specifically from Jesse Granger, his skating has improved quite a bit from the last time we saw Jesper Vickman to today. So uh, just a real quick one-hitter uh, type of segment here on uh, development camp for the Golden Knights. Those are my observations uh, from today and the scrimmage out at City National Arena. When we come back, it's hour number two of the VGK Insider Show right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas.